My favorite sermon from Pastor Earl was a sermon earlier this year called Borrowed Breath. The concept of us being able to praise him in and out with, with just our breath alone, it blew my mind. I love Borrowed Breath. Go check it out. I, I, my, uh, my, my middle son, uh, Grayson, who's fantastic. He's nine years old. He's incredibly creative and an engineer. And I mean, he's got all this stuff working at the same time. I think I got my, my foil. Let me, let me have just the, uh, the, the, the thingamajiggy, this, this thing first. Okay, this right here is, is foil. Okay, you've seen it, most likely. What, my, what our nine-year-old son does is we hear this all the time. You hear this sound in our house. All the time, we hear this sound. Now, this started years ago. This little sheet of foil, our son will sit there, and he turns it into works of art. Let me show you one of them. Let me show you one. Let me give you that. Ball that, ball that foil up, too, so you know you're making foil noises back there, uh, Miss Holly. So this right here is one, one of his pieces of foil art. This is an old one. I had to go into his closet. He wasn't willing to give me new stuff. Uh, he had to give me uh, one of his old ones. Can, can you look? You see the little head? This right here, this is, uh, this is Gax. This is Gax. Uh, Gax's arms are all woven together. He's an alien. He has light powers. Uh, he has these tentacles here on the end. Uh, I think he also is able with this hand to throw sound waves out. Um, I think he can fly. I'm not sure. Uh, but this hand, I do think, can unravel and it can turn into multiple appendages that is able to grab you and devour your flesh. Uh, it does a whole bunch of different things here. And all of it came from that one sheet of foil. He formed it. Grayson had something in his mind. He said, I'm going I'm to put this together. Here's the God of heaven. Genesis chapter 2. And he has this garden all around. And he has in mind a creation that he will love and care for. And he begins to, he begins to form it. He's putting it together. I want you to see you're not an accident. I want you to see that your life's not an accident. I want you to see how your maid's not an accident. I want you to see uh, your, your skin color and your gender and your ears and your eyes and, and, and the, how tall you are and how short you are. I want you to see that it's not an accident. I want you to see that what's put on the inside of you was not an accident, that, that the God of heaven was forming. He, he was sitting at his table and he was drawing out a picture. And then he took from that picture and he, he birthed mankind. He, he brought you and I to life in this moment. You're, you're not just something that happened to happen. You're not just some accident somewhere. Your life is not meaningless. There's actually so much purpose on the inside of you because the God of heaven formed you. He formed you. He made you. Not only, not only did he, he form, the, the word here, he, he formed the man from the dust. Man, I like this. Grayson uses sheets of foil. God decided to use dust. Here he is in this garden. And the materials he chooses to use is dirt. I, I like 
that he used the dirt to make them. And I actually still feel like God uses dirt to make all of us. Like the parts of your life that have been hard, the parts of your life that have been difficult, the parts of your life that have been so overwhelming, the parts of your life that are like, I, I wish I could forget. God used those dirt parts of your life to make you. He used those parts where individuals cheated on you and people stabbed you in the back. He used that stuff to, to make you. He, he took those disappointments that you and I have walked through. He, the prayers that we even prayed that weren't answered the way we wanted them to be answered. He took the dirt and he, and he made us. That's the stuff that makes you stand strong today. That's the stuff that puts some, some grit on the inside of you. That's the stuff that helps you be able to take a licking and still keep on ticking. It's the dirt that God used to make you and me. And I know so many people are trying to avoid all the dirt. And we want squeaky clean lives. But from the very beginning, God said, I'll use the mess in order to make you. So even what's going on in our nation right now, what might be going on in your family or what might be going on in your mind, I want you to know that God can use that dirt to make you even today. And he'll make you into the man and the woman that he called you to be. Jesus even said this to the disciples when he was calling them in the New Testament. He said, follow me. And I'll make you, I'll make you, I'll form you, I'll fashion you, I'll put you together. Then the Lord God, Lord God, everybody say Lord, Lord, Lord. Uh, come on, come on, everybody say Lord, 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 Lord. that's right, okay. Um, Lord, L-O-R-D, Lord. It's all capital right here. Now, the Bible was not originally written in English, okay? Old Testament, written in Hebrew. Uh, so some Bible nerds, you're going to like this right here, okay? So Bible nerds, put on your glasses right now. Get your pocket protector out. You're going to love this. You're going to love this, okay? You're going to love it. Uh, the, the Bible was not originally written in English. It was written in Hebrew. It was translated later on into, into English. So the Bible uh, scholars, when they are when they're translating certain words, uh, you and I read Lord God, Lord God, Lord, Lord God, 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 Lord God. And there's different words in Hebrew that we translate into English. Uh, like one of the words for God is Elohim. Has a, has a certain has a certain meaning to it. But whenever you see your English translation, and you see a capital L-O-R-D. That means the Hebrew writers actually had in that spot this thing called the, ready, 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 Bible nerds, you're going to like this, the te tetragrammation. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, don't sleep on my skills, don't sleep, don't sleep. <laughs> yah Hey va Hey. Y-H-V-H, -H. Lord. This, my friends, is the proper name of God. It's like a sacred name. The tetragrammation actually means four, four, uh, four letters. It, this, this word here is a holy name. This name, I was told, I was told that this name was so holy that when the scribes were, were, were about to write this, 
on the paper years and years and years ago, they would actually pause before they wrote this name and go wash their hands, which is a good idea today. They would go wash their hands, then come back and write the name. It was so holy that they, they kept it in such high esteem that they would not even speak this name out loud. And if someone did, they better do it at the right place at the right time. It was that holy and special. There are many people that would take it uh, from, from the Ten Commandments and do not use the name of the Lord in vain. And this idea, this Yahweh, this, this name right here was not just thrown around all over the place. My friends, it was so incredibly holy. And what we see here in Genesis chapter 2 is we see this proper name of God, this Yahweh being written, this Lord, capital L-O-R-D. But let me pull out this one piece. I heard it said, I've heard it said that some rabbis of old believe that God wove his name into the very fabric of humanity. How? Some thought that when you breathe, you're actually saying, God's name. Like your breath. And my breath sounds like we're speaking God's name. Like every time you're not sure which way is up and you might be concerned that God is far off and distant, not connected to what you might be going through in this moment. Every time you're confused and dis disillusioned, every time you're disappointed, every time you're maybe a little bit overwhelmed or I'm a little bit overwhelmed and we think God is far away, off in the distance somewhere. Perhaps he's even closer than you and I could ever possibly imagine. He's right there when you and I are just. <sighs> yeah. That maybe that just maybe. When, when you and I are in the, the darkest moments and we're looking at our bills and we're overwhelmed by what's in front of us and we're like, God, I don't have any prayers to pray right now. What's going to happen to my job? What's going to happen to my nation? What's going to happen to my family? What's going to happen to my community? What's going to happen to my world? And you're wondering, where are you, God? Maybe, just maybe, he's right there in your mouth and you're speaking his name just by breathing. Yeah. Hey. My favorite sermon from 2020 has got to be the sermon that Pastor Earl preached on day when he talked about making a room at the king's table. And man, I was challenged to make sure that I'm making a way and preparing a way for someone to sit at the table as well. Luke chapter 14, verse 21, hears Jesus talking about this great banquet that's going to be thrown. And the first servant went out to try to invite people in and people made excuse after excuse after excuse why they couldn't come to the banquet. So verse number 21, the servant... Uh, came back 
and reported this to his master, like the people got, have excuses, they're not coming. Then the owner of the house became angry and he ordered his servant, I need, I need you to do something. I don't need you to stay. I need you to go. I need you to go out quickly. And I want you to go out quickly into the streets, into those COVID streets. I need you to go out there into the streets. I need you to go into the rich streets and the poor streets. I need you to go out into the streets. I need you to go into the streets of those with GEDs and those with PhDs. I need you to go into the streets. Don't stay here. Don't keep looking at me. I need you. You're my servant. I need you to go into the streets. And what I want you to do when you get to the streets is I want you to go to the alleys of the town and I want you to bring in the poor. I want you to bring in the crippled. I want you to bring in the blind. I want you to bring in the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you have ordered has been done, but there is still room at the table. So then the master told his servant, go out to the roads, go out to the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Do you see the heart of our God? Do you see our God is wanting a full house? Do you see our God is wanting a full table? Do you see that our God is saying, go ahead and get the ones that everybody else is walking past. Get the ones that people want to marginalize. Get the ones that people want to step over. Get the ones that people want to talk bad about. Get the ones that people want to turn their back on. Get the ones that people think don't matter. I want you to get them, and I want you to bring them in. Don't stand here just looking at me. Don't just stay in the church on Sunday. Don't just keep waiting for the building to open up. I need you right now to go into the streets and go into the alleys and go into Walmart and go into Target and go into the mall and go everywhere you possibly can and compel the people to come in. I'm telling you, there is room in the house of God for all all of us. Who's your they? Who's your they? I ask you, is this your table, my table, or the king's table? Whose table is it? I mean, who is it that runs this table? Who's in charge of this table? Why do I have a cross here? I've got a cross here because at the head of this table is not my emotions. It's not my life. It's not the way I think. It's not the way I believe. It's not your life. It's not the way you think. It's not the way you believe. At the head of this table is our glorious Savior. And he is saying, I want the poor. I want the lame. I want the broken. I want the marginalized. I want the days of the whole world to know they can come to my table. They can come to my table. Oh, I'm not saying it's easy. Because some wounds have been deep. And some of us have been drinking so much from the pool of the media that it's hard to even remember our mission. And we started confusing the agenda of whatever political affiliation or whatever news media outlet we are drinking from. We started intermingling that with the gospel. And you and I have to understand the gospel rises above and all these things come underneath. Listen, there's some conversations that need to be had. Don't get me wrong. There's some things we got to talk about. Do not get me wrong. I'm not, I'm not talking about necessarily the building of the house right now. I'm talking about the foundation of the house. 
I felt a mandate from God to make sure our church was pulled together and not torn apart. And there is a demonic assignment in this world that is trying to tear apart our society. And Jesus Christ is saying, I died for all y'all. No way, no, Lord, not, not, not them. I have had friends of mine through tears, through a heavy heart, who have been abused, have to get to the point where they are willing to see that the grace of God that they need is the same grace of God their abuser needs. That is not easy. But it's gospel. I have been inspired and humbled by these friends of mine. Are you willing to scoot over? Or do people have to change first before you'll sit next to them? It's your choice. I'm just letting you know, you can do what you want to, I guess, in your house. But this daddy, our loving father, he's got rules too. And he's like, whosoever will call on the name of the Lord, I'll save him. So this year, one of my favorite sermons was Shift. I believe it was a pivotal time in our church, in our nation, and honestly, in our personal lives. Um, and so that sermon really pushed me forward, be able to shift in my life, shift in certain things, and kind of move 2020 in a positive direction rather than staying stagnant. We are going on a journey. We are going on an adventure, and we are shifting, church. Turn to the person next to you and say, I'm shifting. Tell yourself on the jog as you listen to this, I'm shifting. Tell people in the chat if you're watching this live, I'm shifting. Text three friends and say, I'm shifting. Say, Moses is dead. And then when they write you back and they say, who is Moses? You can say, my old way of doing things is dead. I'm stepping into the new and I'm shifting. And I want you to hold me accountable. But I'm not going to do it in my own strength. I'm going to do it in the strength of the Lord. And I need you to go with me. We're, I'm getting my provisions ready. I'm cleaning out my kitchen of all the things that were crutches in this season. I'm cleaning out my computer of all the things that were crushing that were crutches in this season because I'm getting ready to shift. I'm getting ready to be in position where God has called me to be. I'm getting ready to shift and I need my friends. I need my people to remind me that God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind because I know he's gone before me. And even when I feel weak, I'm going to remember I'm strong. I'm courageous. He is with me. He has called me. He is for me. Are you ready to shift? Are you ready to change? Are you ready to let go of the old and step into the new? I know I am, and I can't wait to see what's on the other side. Get your provisions ready, because you can't pack everything. You can't pack that relationship that you know you're not supposed to be in when you're called to shift. You can't take that old fear and judgmental spirit onto your new job when you've been called to shift. You have to leave that behind and pack the things that you know will give you strength and give you peace and give you grace. It says in Isaiah 43, 19, as we prepare to close, see, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? He is doing a new thing. 
And since he's doing a new thing, why are we holding on for dear life to the old? He is doing something new. Do you not perceive it? I'm making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. He is doing something new in your marriages. He's doing something new in your thought life. He's doing something new in your neighborhood. He's doing something new in your families. He's doing something new with all that he has on the other side of this pain that you've been through. He is doing something new. Do you not see it? I'm praying right now that scales would fall off of your eyes. I'm praying right now that you would remind yourself who you are in Christ. I'm praying right now that Moses would be dead and we'd step up with a Joshua spirit, that we'd take possession of the land, that we'd let go of the old things and step into the new, that we wouldn't be defined by our past, we wouldn't be defined by our mistakes, but we'd put our hope and our trust in God. And as we surrender, watch what happens, watch what God does, Watch what chains fall. Watch what miracles happen. Watch what blind eyes unfold before your very eyes. Watch what God does when you say, I'm going to shift. I don't want to fall behind. I don't want a blockbuster life. I want to step into the future full of faith, full of conviction, full of boldness, full of trust, full of peace. I want to be lockstep with the spirit of the living God. And when the cloud moves, I'm going to move. When the cloud says stay, I'm going to stay. When the cloud says Verse 14, your wives, your children, and your livestock may stay in the land that Moses gave you east of the Jordan. But all your fighting men ready for battle, don't play with me yet. All your fighting men ready for battle must cross over ahead of your fellow Israelites. You are to help them. I'm going I'm 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 to paint this picture here, okay? Let me paint this picture. There's a, there's a group of people, God's kids, and they ask for this land here. God gives it to them years earlier, years earlier. They have their possession. Now everybody shows up, and they're about to enter into the promised land. But these people here already have their land. Everybody else's land is on the other side. So now they already have theirs. You might think that God says, since you have yours, you're good. You don't have to fight. Since you have yours, sit back and relax. Since you've got your blessing, since you've got your marriage, since you've got your business, since you have your church, since you have your friends, go ahead, sit back, relax. You just get to chill. Let these other people go over. But God says, hey, 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 I gave you a blessing. I gave you something and I did not give you something so you could just sit on it. As a matter of fact, I need you now to be willing to get up from your resting spot and I need you to be willing to go across this Jordan River and I need you to fight on behalf of your brothers and sisters.
I know there's too many of us right now that we think since we're good, the world's good. We think that since I've got mine, everybody has theirs. And I'm telling you, you having yours is not enough. You having yours is not enough. If you think I got mine and that's enough, then that's not kingdom thinking. That's earthly thinking. And I need you to be thinking kingdom. I need you to be thinking Jesus. I need you to be thinking his way, not your way. And he says, hey, I need you right now, friends. I need you. I know God gave you your land. I know you've got your inheritance. I know you received your blessing. I know God has answered your prayers. I know he has done all of this for you. But now what I need you to do is I need you to get all your fighting men and women. Shout out to the ladies. I need you to get all the fighting men. And I need every single one of the fighting men and the fighting women to be ready for battle. Put that in the chat. Ready for battle. I need you to be ready for battle. If you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. So I'm praying that we'd be a church that is ready in season and out to share this gospel, to share his love, to share his power, to share his joy. I'm praying that we're not a church that would just sit down on our hands and be like, oh, I got what I need. I'm happy. I'm blessed. I got my group. I got my friends. And that must be enough. No, as a matter of fact, God says, I need you to get all your fighting men. I need you to get ready for battle. As a matter of fact, I need you, I need you to go ahead. I need you to go ahead of your fellow Israelites. Like if you have yours, that means you're supposed to be a leader in this fight. If you have revelation, if you have understanding of the grace of God, if you understand what it means to be sanctified, if you understand what it means to be justified, if you understand what giving is all about, if you understand what love is all about, I'm tired of Christians telling me they got a whole lot of head knowledge, but they're not willing to go ahead and fight for anybody. I'm not interested in you just having your stuff and sitting there. I need some people that are willing to rise up, get out of their comfort zone and shift and go ahead and fight for somebody else. My favorite sermon from 2020 is Dear 2020. When Pastor Earl got me out of alignment with all the negative things that I was thinking, all the things that 2020 was throwing at me, and got me into alignment with God's favor and his promises over my life, it just changed the game. You know, uh, you know on, uh, on phones, uh, whenever uh, you download a new app, and um, say, we'll just use Instagram for a second because maybe you watched the Netflix documentary, The Social Dilemma, or maybe you deleted Netflix because of the crazy movie Cuties. I don't know. Uh, but whatever, when you download uh, um, Instagram and you got it and you're like, you're reading through it and it, you get to this point where there's all this fine print and in the fine print, there's a little box and it says, do you accept the terms and conditions? How many of y'all read that? All the terms and conditions. Who, who reads it? Who reads it? I don't know one person. I don't know one person that reads. You can go back for me. I don't know one person that reads, that reads all of that fine print. I don't know one person. Everybody I know, including me, clicks the box, keeps on moving. And I feel like this year, 
we have been accepting the terms and conditions of 2020 and we have been clicking the box just moving on so we can kind of have our life and enjoy the app even Instagram will ask you hey um, Instagram would like access to your photos you're like fine click Instagram would like access to your videos fine click and I just feel like 2020 is like I want access to your soul click I want access to your friendships sure click I want access to your connection with God okay click I want access to every single relationship you have oh sure click I want access to your church community oh fine click and you and I have just been clicking away, accepting every single thing that 2020 has for us. Every single bit of discord, every bit of loss that has happened, everything that's been turned upside down. We're just gladly accepting it as if it's normal, as if this is what we're supposed to do. And I'm just wondering, have we opened up this book and be willing to accept with as much joy and as much ease what God says about his church and what God says about his bride and what God says about you and what God says about this world and what God says about life. I wish the church would be willing just to accept that we've been made new in him. I wish we'd be willing to accept that we're not of this world, we're of another world. I wish we were willing to accept that we've been made new in Jesus Christ, that the old is gone and the new is here. I wish we were willing to accept that the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. I wish we were willing to accept that we've been called to be a city on a hill. I wish we were willing to accept that we were called to be salt in the earth. I wish we were willing to accept that we have on the full armor of God. I wish we clicked that box. But here everybody just wants to click all these other boxes. Just accept, accept, accept. Do you accept the terms and conditions? I do. Yes, I do. I'll gobble. Let me gobble it up. Let me just gobble it up. And you have in this world today, you have in this world, this is fascinating. You have in this world people on the left and the right talking about how those on the left are like, oh, those on the right, they're just gobbling up the stuff of the media. And those on the right are like, those on the left, they're just gobbling up the stuff of the media. And can I just tell you, all y'all are just gobbling up the stuff of the media. I'm just wondering if there would be a church that would be willing to gobble up all the stuff of the Word of God. That's what I'm wondering. That's what I'm wondering. I'm just wondering if you're going to allow God to shake you and wake you up a little bit. I just wonder if you and I are willing for God to rip up the floors that he needs to rip up so he can put the stuff where he needs to put it because right now we got stuff where it's not supposed to go and God is saying, church, would you still be, would you be willing to follow me? Be my hands and feet. Be my sons and daughters. Walk in the authority that I've given you and stop giving it over to the world. So, uh, so I got a note, I got a note to 2020, I got a note to 2020. And uh, what I want us to do, I just wrote this down. You can add stuff to it later. But I was like, dear, dear 2020, uh, I'm just letting you know, I'm no longer in agreement with some things. I'm no longer in agreement with some things. There's some things that I have pushed except to, that I'm, I'm beyond, my eyes are open today. That can only happen by the work of the Holy Spirit, just so you know. 
I can't, I'm not a good enough preacher to convince you of your, how blind you might be in a spot. It has to be the Holy Spirit that is willing. And if you're upset with me right now about something that might be an indicator that God is trying to dig at a point in your life because I didn't call your name. I did not call your name. I did not say any particular individual. If you right now are like, I cannot believe, that might be the indicator that God's like, son, daughter, what about this is so upsetting to you? So dear 2020, I am no longer in agreement with offense. I am no longer in agreement with depression. I am no longer in agreement with frustration. I am no longer in agreement with lies. I am no longer in agreement with bitterness. I am no longer in agreement with anger. I am no longer in agreement with hate. I am no longer in agreement with being average. I am no longer in agreement with apathy. I am no longer in agreement with weariness of soul. I am no longer in agreement with fear. Matter of fact, fear, you gotta bow in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Fear that has gripped moms and dads and sons and daughters and sisters single and married people, you got to bow in the name of Jesus. We are no longer in agreement with the spirit of fear that is trying to cripple families, trying to cripple destinies. We cancel you in the name of Jesus Christ. And you might try to cancel us, but we cannot be canceled because we've been called by God in the name of Jesus Christ. I'm no longer in agreement, in agreement with my insecurity and my anxiety. I'm no longer in agreement with doubt. I'm no longer in agreement with cynicism. I'm no longer in agreement with division and discord. As a matter of fact, I am no longer in agreement with the ways of this world. They are done. Jealousy, backbiting, pride, lust, selfishness, greed, anything that stands contrary to the purpose of God to make it on earth as it is in heaven. I cancel my agreement with every single bit of it in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus but it's important that you not just come out of agreement it's also important that you come into agreement with the right thing don't leave a vacuum don't leave a vacuum as you disconnect from darkness don't leave a vacuum you connect yourself with the light that is found in Jesus Christ in his glorious gospel. So, so, so here, here I, I, I come, I come into agreement with the love God has for me and he has for this world. I come into agreement with the hope found in Jesus Christ. I come into agreement with the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. I come into agreement with the authority of Scripture, which is the Word of God. I come into agreement with forgiveness. I come into agreement with peace. And peace is not a feeling, it's a person, and his name is Jesus. I come into agreement with truth, and truth is Jesus. I come into agreement with the purpose that God has for me. I come into agreement with a destiny that is bigger than me and 
something bigger than my comfort. I come into agreement with the power, love, and sound mind that I got from God when I gave my life to Jesus. I come into agreement with confidence. I come into agreement with courage. I come into agreement with faith. I come into agreement with the sound of praise. I come into agreement with a fresh start. I come into agreement with a new beginning. Dare I say I come into agreement with promotion and open doors and dying to self and sacrifice. I come into agreement with humility and kindness and everything that is consistent with the Word of God and the person of Jesus Christ. This is our heritage. This is our identity. And this is who you and I are connected to. Right now, over every family, over every man, over every teenager, over every single person, over every married person, I want you to feel the rumble of heaven in this moment. I want you to feel the sound of heaven in this moment. I want you to feel that the God of heaven is saying, son, daughter, it is time for you to come out from underneath that rubble. You will live again. You will see again again you will speak again you will stand again you will worship again you will cry out to God again you will sing for the rest of your days we will see the presence and the power of God fill every heart and life so right now would you lift your hands through the rubble through the pain through the fear, through the doubt, through the insecurity, through the weights, through the pressures, through the hard times, through the difficulties, through the confusion, would you lift your hands right now and declare, let heaven come in the name of Jesus. Wow. 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 Incredible. Let heaven come. Yeah. Let heaven come. That declaration is prophetic. That declaration isn't just for when you're at the church campus. That declaration is for you when you're at your job. That declaration is for you right now if you're in your living room, by yourself, with your family, at a neighborhood gathering, in your car. No matter if it's five years from now, if you're listening to this message again, let heaven come. Heaven has come wherever you are. I believe that God's presence is here. And so we would be beside ourselves if we didn't give every single one of us an opportunity to re-surrender, to lift our hands in the air like Pastor Earl said, and to have that moment with God and allow him to change and transform us, to put him in the driver's seat of our life and let him walk us around, run us around and be the, the leader of us going into 2021 yeah. and the rest of our lives. And so no matter where you are, I would love for you to just close your eyes and bow your head. And if you are saying, and you feel in your heart, you feel that tug of God on you, the tears are about to flow. That's the Holy Spirit saying, son and daughter, it's time to come home. And so would you just put your hand over your heart wherever you're at? And I want you to repeat this prayer after me. This is bold. This is prophetic though. We are committing our lives to God this year. So let's repeat this after me. Say, dear Jesus. Dear Jesus. I ask you. I ask you. To forgive me. Forgive me. Of all my sins. All, of all my sins. I admit. I admit. I've made mistakes. I've made mistakes. But today. But today. I give you my heart. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my life. Give me the power. Give me the power. To live for you. To live for you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 There's a party Amen. in heaven, right? Right now. There's a party happening in heaven yes. right 
now. Congratulations. And if you made that decision today, we want to link arms with you. We want to know your name. We want you to text 97,000. That's right. Text Jesus first to 97,000. Let us know. We do not want you to walk through this journey on your own. We want to be in this with you. That's right. Text Jesus first to 97,000. Exactly. And you might be asking, what's next? Well, Growth Track is your next step. We're having Growth Track today at 1145. So we want you to register. We want you to jump on this journey. That's right. And of course, we are a generous church here at Shoreline City. And there are four different ways for you to give. Mm -hmm. We have our text to give. We have our QR code that's on the screen right now. We have our website and then we have our app as well. So we want you to link arms with us in your generosity as well. Absolutely. So this has been an amazing, amazing Sunday. And so what we're going to do is we are about to finish off strong. Yes. We want you to stand up wherever you're at and we are going to finish stand out up. with some worship. So let's go. Let's go.